0: everyone. So over the last several weeks, we've been looking at marriage and the role that that relationship plays in helping us make disciples. Webby and Joyce talked about marriage in light of God's glory as well as marriage in light of the gospel. And last week, Amanda and I talked about marriage in light of Jesus' example. And what we mean when we talk about Jesus' example is the way that he modeled selflessness and humility. He didn't serve with such humility because people were so good or because people deserved it, Jesus was able to humbly serve because God is so good and God deserves it. Today, we're going to be looking at marriage in light of our mission to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. So before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave the disciples a mission to invest in others, to build relationships, and to make disciples. Matthew puts it this way in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now remember, this is Jesus talking. And from last week, we said that Jesus was supreme. He was the top of the top. There was nobody greater than him. And so his words have meaning, and we should definitely be willing to follow his example. Verse 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. And the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, Jesus couldn't be more clear about what he expects from his followers. The problem is, most married couples are far more concerned with building happy, healthy families than they are with actually making disciples.
1: So there's this idea that if we focus on ourselves then we will have happy marriages and happy families. At the same time, there also seems to be about a 50-ish percent chance of divorce, well, rate of divorce. What if we chose instead of focusing on ourselves to focus on God? This would seem to be incredibly helpful because marriage was God's idea. God's rightful place is at the center of our marriages and we thrive when we focus on him and what's most important to him. Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well.
0: So, of course, happy families and healthy marriages are important. It's just that focusing on God's kingdom helps us attain and protect these relationships, not focusing on those relationships themselves.
1: A few years ago, our niece signed up to play t ball. So, obviously, Our whole family had t-shirts made and we show up and we're ready to cheer her on. And she's just little, maybe three or four. When she gets out to the field, she's so cute. She just like takes her ball glove and starts to fill it up with dirt. And then she throws the dirt up in the air and it all rains down. She was having the greatest time. When her coach tried to come over and help her refocus... She she had a crush on him. She liked to flirt with him. And so instead of refocusing, she tried to invite him to join her dirt party. In the background of all of this cuteness, there, there was a t-ball game going on, but she wasn't really aware of that. So do you know who won that game? Well, nobody, because it's t-ball. But what if this had been a grown-up game of baseball. Let's just say a player on the Cubs or the Red Sox, they were over in the field doing their own thing, having their own dirt party on first base. So who do you think would win that game? When we don't have focus as a team, it's really difficult to be successful. The opposing team has a much greater chance to score runs if players are distracted. When married couples aren't focused on the same thing or they're focused on the wrong thing, disciples don't get made.
0: Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 says this, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you, or only hear about you in my absence i will know that you stand firm in the one spirit striving together as one for the faith of the gospel now this was a prayer for a church but this oneness is also a great example for married couples as well paul
1: can be really challenging especially when it comes to marriage 1 corinthians 7 says What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. And is that crazy? I mean, how can Jesus' people say that we value marriage when Paul is saying things like, well, from now on, if you have a wife, live like you don't. But why would Paul say that? But then he said, those who mourn live as if they did not mourn. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of this world as if not engrossed in them. And here's the point. He says, For this world in its present form is passing away. So really what Paul is saying is that everything about this life, even our marriages, are temporary. We can't get focused on good things at the expense of eternal things. So Paul then says, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman, or virgin, is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord both in body and in spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. So, Paul isn't saying marriage is bad, but he's making it clear that marriage does come with its share of challenges, specifically that marriage can divide our attention.
0: So, as the followers of Jesus, we can't afford to get distracted. The mission of making disciples is so important because souls hang in the balance. Think about it like this. If you were to hop into a time machine and you were to travel back to London, England on September the 9th, 1940, do you know what you would see? Or if you were to travel to January of 1941 in London, England, do you know what you'd see there? If you were to travel back to either of those places, what you would see is devastation. You would see evidence of a world that is at war because from September of 1940 through May of 1941, the Nazis bombed England almost every single night in an attempt to pummel the British into submission. In his final letter to Timothy, before being executed in Rome, Paul said this, "'Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus.'" No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Paul's message to Timothy is really, really simple, and it's really, really straightforward. It is stay focused on what matters most, which is pleasing Jesus Christ. Now, let's say you lived in London, in one of these neighborhoods that were bombed in 1940 or 1941. But let's say that your house was untouched in the blast and unaffected by all the bombings. And let's say that you know, you're walking through your house and you decide, decide that you want to have new windows hung or you want to paint your dining room or you want to have new floors laid in your spare bedroom. Would any of this make sense? The answer is absolutely not. And if it sounds crazy to you, you're probably 100% right. The reason is, this is not how soldiers who live in wartime behave, especially when they are on the battlefront. Focusing on these details makes absolutely no sense. And yet, this is how so many Christians are currently living. We are at war. This is a spiritual war, and our enemy is unseen. And far too many followers of Jesus are focused on things that just don't matter. This is what Paul was saying to the Corinthians. The time is short. Don't get sidetracked. Activities and pastimes and playful pursuits, they are great. But without intentionality, they can also become incredibly distracting for making disciples through our marriage relationships. Without focus and intentionality on making disciples, husbands and wives can easily find themselves drawn to their own personal interests and at odds with one another because your spouse is doing the exact same thing. The fact is, being in war together keeps us from being at war with each other.
1: Last week I told you that Frank and I are opposites in many ways. It's true. I get up early, he stays up late, he plays sports, I play music, he orders chicken fingers at every restaurant ever, and I like to try new food. He only wants to go on vacation where he's already been, and I want to go to new places. Here's a kicker. I don't want to miss out on anything, so I try to be part of everything. He is satisfied to do one thing well or a few things well. And there's a lot of beauty in that. God had to teach me that specific lesson when we sat down to write this talk. (laughs) I need to slow down. Despite all of our differences, we both love Jesus, and we both love seeing people grow in their faith. The unity in our marriage comes as a result of our shared love for Jesus and the mission that he gave us.
0: So this kind of reminds me of something I read last year when the last dance documentary on the Chicago Bulls was airing on ESPN and Netflix. If you don't know, the Bulls are arguably the greatest NBA basketball team ever to exist. And they had arguably the greatest basketball player to ever play the game, Michael Jordan, on their team. Um, They were so good. uh, The Bulls won six championships. They won the championships in two different runs, back to back to back, on two different occasions. The Bulls... um, They had three all-time great players in Michael Jordan, Scotty Pimpin, and Dennis Rodman. The really interesting thing that I read was the fact that Dennis Rodman and Michael Jordan never spoke to one another off the court. Rodman was quoted to say this. He said, me and Scotty and Michael never had a conversation in three years in Chicago. Only time we had a conversation was on the court. That was it and nobody believes that. The thing that I find super interesting about this is the fact that these superstars didn't need to be best friends who palled around every single night and shared all kinds of similar interests to accomplish their common goal of winning NBA championships. Their shared goal unified them on the court and cemented their place in NBA lore. Amanda and I We are opposites in a lot of different ways, and we possess different gifts and interests and skills, but our love for Jesus and our goal for making disciples who make disciples who make disciples strengthens our marriage and helps us to fall more in love with each other all the time.
1: If you want to have a healthy family dynamic and a healthy marriage, the answer could be pretty simple. You and your spouse, us too, we need to be on mission together, serving Jesus and making disciples who make disciples. Over the years, we've had people live with us. And during that time, we got to walk with them on their journey with Jesus. There were plenty of late nights talking and praying or just nights in general with people other people that we know talking and praying, people who are struggling. We've worked camps and retreats together. Um, We have given food to families who need it, watched kids so their parents can be together. And it's not like a list of like, these are the things, look at all these things. It isn't that, it's just like, this is how like a few ways that we have laid our life open to God and just said, have your way, and he did. And being able to walk with him in that is is really cool.
0: Making disciples begins with investing in people and building relationships. You don't have to be a scholar. You really just need to be available. And the awesome thing is that Jesus promises to meet us there. When he says, go and make disciples, remember he also says, and I will be with you. When we go through seasons where we feel like we're far from Jesus, there may be a quick and easy fix, and that is go where he promised to meet us, to the places where we are making disciples.
1: So, what about you? What about you and your spouse? where is your focus are you focused on having a happy family and a happy marriage or are you focused on god and making disciples you can be happy doing that too but what's your focus are you at war alongside your spouse or are you at war with your spouse The truth is, when married couples begin to view their marriage in light of the mission to make disciples, they will fall more in love with one another than ever before. Let's pray.
0: Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, for the way that it inspires us and encourages us to live more like Jesus. Father, I pray that you will give us eyes to see the mission that is in front of us. Help us not to be distracted by things that don't matter. And Father, I pray that you will bless our marriages and you will use them to make disciples that grow your kingdom and advance the gospel. We love you and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.